before we jump into the word. Um, so yeah, but straight up, I just want to uh, echo what Nate mentioned about, you know, mothers who are doing the activities of mothering. Maybe you've got little kids, teenagers, whatever it is. But for those of you who are spiritual mums as well, I salute you. I honour you. You are absolutely needed in our world, in the church. And I know that I wouldn't be as far as long, um, you know, without my mum, my biological mum, but also without the spiritual mums in my life. And so I honour you and well done and just keep on going going yeah brilliant all right so let's open up the word of God and it's always a privilege for me to uh, I guess serve you in this way I love God's word and um, right from the beginning of this gathering I just so sense that the presence of God is here and that he wants to do a healing work he wants to do a comforting work so let's continue to lean into his presence see what the Holy Spirit is flagging with us and speaking to us throughout um, as we open up the word so I just want to read uh, one of the main texts that I want to share from today. could uh, come up on the screen uh, shortly, but it's Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to be going from verse 8 to 16, but right now I just want to share this part with you. So it says this, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Can we just start with a word of prayer, church? Thank you, God. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that even just by reading that scripture, God, that I just sense your life and your encouragement and your comfort for our lives. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is our great high priest. And God, I pray that as we come around your word this morning, that you would do what only you can do, that you would highlight things that you'd cause us to repent from God and renew our minds. Encourage us in your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So one of my first memories of becoming a Christian is actually serving in the kids' ministry at Perth Christian Life Centre. I don't know if you're familiar with that house. It's in Canning Vale. It's a pretty influential, it was a pretty influential house. It's now Kingdom City Canning Vale. But I um, received Christ in that church. And I had the privilege of being on team in the children's ministry and even leading a small group of little girls. It was probably actually about 20 little girls. As you can imagine, when 20 little girls get together, it's all like chaos and fun. And then I added sugar into the mix. I don't know what I was doing. Now that I'm more mature, I understand like where my, uh, my issues were, where, what I got wrong. Um, but it was so much fun. And one of the lasting memories in particular was of the worship time where we would lead these, um, you know, like hundreds of kids really, um, into the presence of God through worship, through singing. And there was this one particular song that uh, the kids would love to sing where they just connect so intimately with God. It's called Eagle's Wings. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the chorus goes something like this. Come live in me, all my life take over. Come breathe in me and I will rise on eagle's wings, right? Such a beautiful song. And as you can imagine, use your uh, imagination for a minute, but just picture the 
these young kids sitting, their hands, you know, open, arms lifted to God. They're just singing this beautiful song, welcoming in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And I, I've never kind of been a woman that's kind of been like, oh, I can't wait to be a mum. That just wasn't really something that I sort of got excited about as a kid and as a teenager. But little did I know that God had deposited a seed of vision in me when I was in that room, when I was witnessing these beautiful children calling out to God and, and worshipping Him in that way. He put that seed in my heart that one day when I were to have my own kids, that I would want to raise children who worship the Lord, children who cry out for God, children who uh, uh, want to pursue God all the days of their life and walk faithfully because they know that they're so loved by Him. That was the seed that was deposited in my life. You know, the Bible talks about how as parents, we are to train up our children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Praise God. We hold on to that hope and that promise. Um, and so when I became a mum, when Sam, uh, when we welcomed Sam into our family, that was my vision. That was my heart's desire for him, that he would be a young boy growing up to be an amazing man of God that would be a worshipper of God, that would be so drawn to God's love and, and be someone who also exudes God's love to other people. That was the hope. And so as we were preparing, because in adoption world, you're kind of endlessly preparing until you get the phone call, right? For biological mums, you're preparing the nine months, not just for the labour, but you're kind of expecting and you're thinking about, you're dreaming about what is this young child going to grow up and to become? And so while we were preparing uh, for adoption and um, even as we caught wind of that Sam could be coming into our home, our prayer life really ramped up as well. And, and I just, I spent a lot of time just thinking about this little person that would be in our home and how I wanted to raise him for the Lord. And then he was brought into our family. And then how many mums know that stuff got real, right? It was all lovely before he was actually in our home, right? It's all wonderful vision. Oh God, I can't wait for this. Uh, you know, just what a privilege God it is to raise this young child for you and for the glory of Jesus. And then when you get into the stuff of mothering, right? Reality hits. And you're kind of, what I found motherhood to be, and certainly spiritually uh, mothering, I've been doing that a lot more than I've been physically mothering, Sam. Um, but what I found is that motherhood is always kind of this tension of uh, uh, having vision for the people that we're looking after, we're raising for God, Versus the reality, the pressure, the challenges that parenting, motherhood, or just life, when you're living out the call of God on your life, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be pressure, there's going to be pressing. And um, I came across this picture from that I'd take, well, that Nate had actually taken from our recent holiday, family holiday in the Gold Coast. And Joe, can you just pop that up on the screen? I don't know if you can see my expression up there but I thought it's so funny I was talking to Holy Spirit I was like Holy Spirit what, how can I kind of illustrate this sense that I want to put forward and, and I felt like this photo is pretty apt in that often motherhood is for me anyway I don't know you mums and certainly those along the journey you're probably far better at mothering than I am um, but I find this tension where I'm kind of like being squeezed and pushed to my limits yes by my child but by the other stresses in life 
well, my child's kind of like obliviously, happily looking off into the distance and um, thinking about what fun thing he can get his hands on to next, right? This is the tension I find myself in sometimes with motherhood. And, and certainly a lot of the time, there was a period of nine to 12 months when things kind of uh, began for me where this was almost every day. Um, certainly it's days now, and sometimes weeks of this. But I find this, this tension, right, of, <laughs> and, and yeah, often our children are just so oblivious. Like, surely mum's got more love to give. Surely mum's got more grace to give and patience. And I'm like, I'm at my limit here. This, you know, this thing called motherhood, it is squeezing the life out of me today. And he doesn't care. He doesn't take no. He just thinks, you know, mum's along for the ride. And it's, it's all great and wonderful. But I find that that can sometimes be the pressure that we find ourselves in when it comes to motherhood. But again, I say when it comes to just living out the call of God on all of our lives, whether that's motherhood, whether that's fatherhood, whether that's business owner, teacher, whatever it is that God has called you to, there's going to be times of pressure and squeezing. And um, I found as a mum that, you know, you've got child development in the mix there where sometimes kids are just grumpy and have this attitude and you have no idea why. They've had the best day, you've treated them, things are going rosy in your life, but they're just not happy or satisfied with anything. Child development is hard, right? And you throw in their teething, you throw in their sickness, like... Honestly, last winter, I think it was, sickness just felt like it was invading our home almost every week, every second week. These things all push us to the limit. And then you add on top of that work stress, you know, and and stress of just maybe things going on in your relationships, in your marriage, in your extended family, whatever it may be. For women, hormones, when you throw hormones in there, like there are those weeks, right, in the month where the pressure and the challenges, they just kind of hit right? It wouldn't be a Mother's Day message unless we mention hormones, hey? <laughs> Wonderful, glorious things they are. And I swear they do have good uses, they do. But there are times in the month where they haunt us. Um, and so, you know, I just find that coming back to, I guess, the vision that I have for Sam, I found that there's a tension between that. And I found that I needed to ask myself, and certainly God's brought me on this journey of asking this question, how do I balance the vision and outworking the vision while chaos erupts in life, right? When there's the challenges and the squeeze and the pressure from parenting, but also other areas of life, how do we actually continue with the vision? And the thing is that we realise as parents, right, is that our children also uh, follow what we do, right? Um, that whole saying of like, copy what I say, not what I do. But in reality, when we have kids, they're often following what we do. And so how we model ourselves is a huge part of shaping and staying on track with the vision for our kids, right? We, we get that responsibility of, I actually need to, if I want Sam to be a worshipper of God, I need to be a worshipper of God, right? And I need to know how to uh, exhibit that to him, show him that so that he can learn and be trained in those ways as well. So we've got this pressure of, of having the vision and modeling that well and leading our kids into it but then also the, that tension of 
but there's the pressures of life that sometimes make me a terrible role model, right? That sometimes <laughs> I don't look like a worshipper of God, right? Um, and so how do we grapple with that? Well, this morning, um, that's what I want to look at in the Word of God today in this Hebrews chapter 4. That's where we're going to go this morning. So let's get back into Scripture. Uh, verse 8, let's talk about that. So it says this. Actually, bit of context before we begin reading. Um, in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 4, basically the author is talking about the Israelites and how they were to enter into God's rest. So the Israelites are God's people. You can read about them in the Old Testament. And we spoke a bit about Joshua and the Israelites actually in this whole uh, journey of entering the promised land. We spoke about that at the beginning of the year. So there's podcasts there as well. Um, but basically it starts off with that Joshua is this leader of the Israelites bringing the Israelites into the promised land that actually represented a place of rest. It was this place that they were meant to go and take for God, but then it would be a place of rest. It was actually a place of um, a promise of God that he promised this rest. So let's pick it up from verse 8. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, leading them into it, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labours, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So the author here is unpacking this idea of biblical rest. And I know with what I've just been talking about, how the challenge and the squeeze, for some of you, you roll your eyes when you think about resting as a mum, right? You're like, oh, that's like, don't talk to me about rest, right? But I actually want to go there this morning. I actually want us to have a look at what biblical rest is like and, and how that is a really big solution when it comes to the challenge and the press of our lives sometimes. So the author's talking about rest, right? He addresses that God in creating the world that he rested, right? After his creation work. And so that really sets up a model for us as believers, as followers of Christ, that we are to implement rest in our life. It's something that God has modeled for us and it's something that we are to follow suit in as well. So we've got that one level, that one definition of rest and what we are to enter into as Christians. But there's another layer too that when the author talks about Joshua and leading the Israelites into rest, right? As I mentioned just previously, that rest for the Israelites, they actually practiced the Sabbath. That was a day that they would have every single week where they ceased from their labor. But really the origins of this come back to them entering into the promised land, entering into this place of rest. And this is a picture for us today of salvation, that through their belief in God and his promises and who he said he was, they would enter into that promised land. But if we read the Old Testament, we know that a whole generation actually died out and did not enter that promised land because of their lack of belief in God. But that's a picture for us of salvation today, that through our faith in Jesus Christ, we can actually enter into eternal life. We can enter into this eternal rest. 
So that's another layer to this whole idea of rest. But the author goes on to say, let us do our best to enter that rest as if that there is a rest that we can enter into right now, in the here and now. It was something for the Israelites as God's chosen people. It's something for us to await for eternal life, right? After our, we're done with this plane of existence, when we go on to eternal life, there's rest to be had there, but there's also rest to be had now. And Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible has a really great uh, definition or explanation of what we're actually going to be resting from. And I want to share that with you now. It says this, what the Christian will rest from is the struggle against the forces of evil and the afflictions by which this presence life is marred, right? So there's the struggle with evil forces and the struggle with affliction. That's what, that's the rest, that's what we're resting from when we enter into eternity. But there's also a, and we see the fullness of it in eternity, but there's something for us now to actually be able to rest from the struggle with evil, whether that's, you know, maybe our thoughts or maybe the evil that we see in the world and the affliction that it causes us as people of God. There's actually rest that God has for us that we can enter into here and now. I love it. It's so good. Going to move on to verse 12. It says this For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So I don't know about you, but as I was reading through the scripture, it kind of felt like this lot of scripture was a little bit left field. The author was just talking about Joshua and the Israelites, God's rest from creation and this rest that we can enter into. And then he starts talking about the Word of God. But the thing is, is that there is actually a link here. And the link is this, that the Word of God goes deep within us. It cuts through all maybe surface level stuff and it cuts through to our innermost thoughts and our desires. It's basically that the Word of God doesn't always transform our external circumstance, but when we trust the Word of God and we, we are open to the Word of God, it transforms us from the inside out, right? And this is the link with rest, that rest sometimes isn't about the external things in our life all coming into nice, peaceful order, but actually it may have something to do with the state of our innermost thoughts and our desires. That's what the author here is getting at. So as I begun to think about this link here, that rest from evil forces and rest from affliction, that actually it's something that we can have somewhat control over because it's a state on the inside of us, right? I kind of think sometimes as a mum that there are some days that I just cannot stop, right? There are things that are needing my attention, that are demanding my attention, and I, I can't put it down, right? Kiddo needs to eat, he needs to get dressed, he needs, you know, he needs certain things for the day. I can't just lie in bed, put my feet up and, and everything will magically take care of itself. Sometimes the physical rest is not something that we can achieve and attain, right? 
But perhaps as we read the Word of God, that, that rest is the state that we can be in when we allow the Word of God to change us on the inside. And I was sitting with someone recently and they were talking about their Bible reading habits and how they really want to get into a good habit. And I was saying to them that sometimes every day isn't filled with revelation and this mountaintop moment with the Lord when we read the Word. Sometimes the goal and sometimes the win is just that we've been in the Word of God. That as much as we're reading the Word, that the Word reads us. That somehow God through His Holy Spirit, even when we don't feel like it, He's doing a transformation work on the inside of us. He's changing things. He's healing things. He's he's bringing correction. He's bringing comfort. And sometimes we're just not aware of it. But that's the power of the Word of God, that it reads us. It can go into our innermost thoughts and our desires and it has the ability to highlight things that don't belong as new creation in Christ. But it also has the power to transform and to heal and to bring life to us in Jesus' name. And so, you know, as I went through the things of mothering and and not being able to rest whenever I wanted to or just understanding that there's the squeeze and the pressure and demand, God really challenged me to lean in and to really get an understanding of what rest He's calling me to. And I found myself, yes, needing the physical rest stuff because, right, when our bodies are not feeling sore, when we're eating well, when we're resting well, yes, there's a sense of rest and self-control that we can have over ourselves. But when we open the Word of God, it does so much more to the innermost parts of us. And so it's equally important as that physical rest. And sometimes I think, and what I've seen of my journey, is even more important than that physical rest. So let's um, dive into the next part, portion of the Scripture, verse 14. It says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, when we're sensing the pressure, when we're feeling the challenge and that squeeze of life, like that picture that I put up before, you know, sometimes we, we get desperate, right? And what I found in particular that uh, before I understood the rest on the inside of me and I was trying to be rested on, I guess, physically, but also just try to gain rest in all these different ways, I found that the squeeze in life and the pressures of motherhood and just the pressures in everyday life, that... When I was squeezed too much beyond my limits, that I had the propensity to sin. And there was definitely a time where it felt like daily I was sinning against Sam, I was sinning against God, because that's what happens when we don't find rest under pressure and in the challenge. We can either get angry, we can grow resentful maybe, or we can withdraw and we can actually neglect relationships and want to be cold towards our kids or cold towards the loved ones in our lives. We sometimes succumb to maybe, yeah, we talk about evil forces outside, right? But sometimes we are capable of that evil as well. We're capable of hurting people when we're under pressure. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can bring work stress home 
home and not be the most gracious wife or the gracious, most gracious mum. I can be impatient. I can be short-tempered, uh, you know. And I find that in the squeeze and the pressure of life that that is just maximised. And sometimes it leads us to this place of sin. And, and for me, when I was going through the particular dark time, about nine to 12 months earlier on, um, I found that I would try and blame. I'd try and blame, you know, all the people that have kind of led my life and be like, they never uh, prepared me for this, you know what I mean? Like no one prepares you for how your kids know how to push your buttons. I feel like God programs into children. Okay, this is going to be your mum. So these are the buttons you're going to learn how to push. I'm going to program that into you and you're going to do a brilliant job at that. Sam certainly pushes my buttons, right, from time to time. It's like that program to do that, right? And so we feel the pressure, we feel the squeeze. I've lost track of my train of thought, but right, so we can blame, right, that no one's prepared me for this, but how can you be prepared fully for motherhood or for anything that God is calling you to, right? There's gonna be challenges around the corner that surprise you, that you're ill-prepared for. But I found myself blaming, right? And I felt, and the thing is that I didn't just wanna blame for the sake of blaming, but I wanted to find what was responsible. For me, it was anger. What was responsible for this anger, cropping up all the time in my life. And you know what? And I know this is going to be on podcast, but I'll say it anyway. But I found myself even blaming demonic influence. I was like, God, maybe there's a demon. Maybe there's something that you need to deliver me from because I just can't seem to get these emotions under control. And all along, my patient dear husband's just like, Beck, it's not a demon. Like, stop, get on off it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a demon. I'm like, Nate, we need to go to someone. I need to receive prayer. Like, I just need to get rid of this. And the thing is that I've been crying out to God, right? And I've been like, God, give me supernatural self-control. God, just just zap me. Give me the ability to be patient when I lack patience. Give me the ability to be self-controlled when I need that. God, you need to do a miracle working, you know, just work in my life. I was praying all those prayers and they seemingly weren't working. So I was blaming and I was blaming demons and I was, you know, um, I, I went and talked to my psychologist about things and she totally helped me with the practical side and um, helped me to slow down and pick up anger in my body before it emerged, right? I, she is such a blessing in my life, but I found that what really hit home for me was having a revelation of my high priest, Jesus. That was the thing that truly set me free from being, having the life squeezed out of me and being derailed from the vision that I had of Sam's life. That was the thing that was the game changer for me. And God uh, brought me across the scripture about God's mercy. And, and in that scripture, we read that Jesus is our high priest, that he understands our weaknesses because he faced them himself. We remember that Jesus hasn't just, you know, been with the Father this whole time. He came to earth to walk in our footsteps, to know what it's like to be challenged as a human being. He has complete sympathy and compassion for us. He understands fully what things are about. But he says with that, that you can come boldly into the throne room of God, that he's not condemning you. He's not holding you at arm's length, but he's saying, come, come boldly, burst through the doors of my throne room. Come and 
and receive the mercy and the grace that you need. It was this revelation that rocked my world, that changed everything for me. And I, and I talk about how those nine to 12 months, it felt like every day had the pressure and the challenge and the squeeze of motherhood for me. Uh, But as I got this revelation and as I began to practice going into the throne room of God and asking for His mercy and His grace, things started to change, church. Things started to shift and I was supernaturally more patient. I was supernaturally more self-controlled. I wasn't feeling that resentment creep up on the inside, the joy that I had lacked in motherhood. And, you know, I, I just so not admire, sorry, the word is I'm jealous of mums who had this glorious start to motherhood because for me, it was glorious and there were days of joy, but the vast majority of it was just painful, to be honest. It was painful. And so I really get jealous of that sometimes, but that joy that I lacked in those beginning days, God has returned to me 10 times, 30 times, a hundredfold because of this revelation of the mercy of God. So let's talk about that for a minute. God's mercy is something that sets us free because when we ask for mercy, right? You, I think about um, Puss in Boots, how he's like, beg for mercy, right? When we ask for mercy, can, you can tell I'm a mum of a toddler. Um, when we ask for mercy, we are saying, we're going to God and saying, God, I'm inadequate for this. God, I know I don't have what it takes. And so, God, I thank you for your mercy that gives me a clean slate. It was this clean slate, church, every day or every moment that I needed it because of the pressure and the squeezing and the sin that would come from that and the breaking of relationship and the reconciliation and the repentance I had to do. Having that clean slate, knowing that that was available to me in God every moment that I needed, set me free. It, it broke uh down things in me that I thought I had to keep on like expectations and things like that but it gave me a fresh start every time I needed it that's the power of the mercy of God it has this ability to take us from being resentful (laughs) being guilty of sin and and just the role model or lack of role model that we're being for our children It can take us from being heavy with guilt and setting us free, giving us a clean slate, saying, you know what? Okay, that happened just then. You've reconciled, you've repented. Now try again. Now get up and go again. We have that fresh beginning in God when we ask Him for His mercy. And then I love how this scripture that it couples mercy with God's grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favour, His supernatural help in our times of need. And as I began to live out this revelation of God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your clean slate. Thank you that I can reconcile with my son and we are on a clean slate But God, I thank you as well for your grace that next time if I feel like, uh, you know, that that anger is rising or that resentment or whatever it is for you, that God, your grace is sufficient to help me in those moments, to help me have the fruit of self-control, to help me have the fruit of goodness and kindness towards the people in my life that I love. God, I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your grace. I might just ask Claire and the band to come up and help me as as we bring this to a close this morning. But one of the scriptures that 
was really an anchor for me in this time was in Lamentations and how the author talks about how God's mercy is new every day. With the dawning of a new day, as the sun comes up afresh, there are new beginnings. There's a fresh slate that we get to work from, mums. Person called by God and whatever it is that you are doing for His glory, you have a new slate every single day. So I don't know right now, this morning, whether you are in the squeeze, whether you're a bit like, ah, at the moment, like that picture before, whether the pressures of life, maybe it's in your workplace, Maybe it's in family relationships. Maybe it's in your marriage. And sometimes you're waking up every day being like, I just want to, oh, my spouse. Maybe that's you. Or maybe it's your kids, you know. And I think, yeah, little kids with the practicals in life, how that can get really difficult. But sometimes with our adult kids as well, right, sometimes they can make choices. They can do things with their life that still, as a parent, you are burdened for them. Whatever the pressure it is that's in your life right now, whatever that squeeze is doing and whatever is coming up out of you as a consequence of that squeeze, understand that Jesus gets why it's difficult. Jesus gets that sometimes we will sin because of the pressure and the challenge in our life. But nevertheless, He welcomes you in to His throne room to ask for mercy whenever you need it, in any situation you're facing. And He's there to lavish His grace on you as well. And so this morning, can I get us to stand to our feet? I don't know where you're at today. And maybe this is a message for in a season or trial that's to come. Maybe right now you're not feeling the squeeze and that's fantastic if you're not. These are great opportunities to take stock and to learn about God and what you have accessible to you. But you know, this morning, if you are feeling the pressure in your life and you know, you you don't like what the squeeze is bringing out of you. In the beginning, I talked about how motherhood sometimes squeezes the life out of me. Actually, motherhood... And the pressures of our life as people called by God, living out the call of God on our life, that actually it squeezes the death out of us, church. It squeezes the stuff that doesn't belong in us as people who are new creations in Christ. It squeezes things to the surface. Pastor David talks about it, David's story talks about it as the black stuff. The stuff that is sin and evil and affliction, it squeezes us, squeezes it out of us. And this morning, I just want to encourage those people who feel like you are sinning, you are being short, you are being resentful, you are whatever it is, you're maybe not believing God, you're lacking faith right now. If that's what's being squeezed out, I tell you, if you run to God and you ask for His mercy and His grace, that that will become death being squeezed out of you and life is going to come into that place and it's going to transform you from the inside out. I believe it and I'm believing it in with you. These challenges and pressures in our life, they're there to serve us, not 
it, you know, the enemy will come to steal, kill and destroy. But I believe in God, that He is a God who redeems, that He restores any challenge, any situation we're facing for His glory. He can turn it around and He can use it to sharpen us, to disciple us, to cause His beautiful fruit of mercy and grace and patience and goodness and kindness and long-suffering and whatever it is. He can cause that wonderful fruit to come out in place in the squeeze, in the challenge of life. It's a place of transformation, church. It's a place of entering into God's rest and we find life, we find transformation. And so this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you, if you are sensing the pressure and the challenge this morning, maybe you're not a mum. Forget about, you know, roles and hats right now, whatever it is in your life. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.